Hey guys, Maggie here today with the final mini episode of the week. I was kind of in a weird place this week. I went down a rabbit hole while searching online for information and it really had me thinking. Thinking about things that we've brought up to our listeners before, but every time I do research, it seems to bring the issues we face around MMIW into perspective even more. If you are listening to the We Are Resilient podcast, then you are likely a true crime fan, just like the three of us. And if you are a true crime follower, then you likely have been following the bizarre story of the Idaho murders that happened last month. If you haven't, a group of four young college-age kids were tragically and brutally murdered in their home that they shared. The details of these murders are unclear as the local police department has been reluctant to share information. However, to date, the killer of these four violent murders has not been found, and neither has the murder weapon. It is truly a shocking story, and the internet has taken a hold of it, much like they did with the Gabby Petito case. I have seen numerous TikTok videos, Instagram articles, news stories, and press releases over the last month, which has gained national and worldwide attention. This story is such a tragic and heartbreaking incident, and I feel deeply sorry for the families of these victims, as our story remains an open case. But I am also thankful that this story is receiving the coverage it is, because it's keeping their story in the light of the media. We know from experience that the impact of the media can have such a positive impact on many of these cases, and I hope that this case continues to receive coverage until this gruesome murder is solved. So you're probably wondering why I am talking about a non-Indigenous case when our podcast is dedicated to covering the cases of the MMIW and bringing light to the names that some may never hear. Well, while searching online for a case to cover for my story this week, I kept coming up with dead ends. I would Google missing indigenous woman New York and only find articles referencing the MMIW epidemic in America. Same for my search of unsolved MMIW cases. All articles of the data and statistics around the information and lack of data collection regarding MMIW cases. I had such a hard time trying to find specific names of any actual MMIW women. I kept getting generalized articles around the issue. However, anytime I searched murder or tragic killing, I kept getting results of the Idaho murder story from many different news stations because this is the biggest case in America right now in the media. Everyone is covering it, and rightly so. It deserves to have that coverage. It is such a tragic, tragic story. But what I can't seem to understand is how the media decides when to dedicate such a large amount of resources to one specific case when there are cases happening every day that we never hear about. There are terrible tragedies of both indigenous and non-indigenous people that could use media attention to help solve. But we know that MMIW cases are severely underreported and rarely covered in the media. Like the case of Nancy Grace Antelope, a 47-year-old Native American woman who was diagnosed with fetal alcohol syndrome at birth, who tragically died in the custody of the Alaskan Corrections Department, four days after she was arrested for assaulting a nurse in the Alaskan Native Medical Center, where she was a patient. Nancy was taken from the hospital and booked into jail on a single misdemeanor charge of fourth-degree assault. Nancy was found unresponsive in her cell in the medical block of the Alaskan Correction Facility just four days after her arrest. Moments after being found, she was declared deceased. Nancy had never lived independently and required assistance with many basic tasks. Her brother reported that Nancy was always in special education classes growing up and had issues with her mental health and mental stability due to her diagnosis. Her family is outraged by her death and feels that the Alaskan Correctional Facility is responsible for her demise. Or the case of Frida Knows His Gun, 
a 34-year-old Crow woman who was last seen at a Walmart in Kennewick, Washington on October 18, 2016, where she was picking up a money transfer that her friend had sent. She communicated with her friend about sending money to the Walmart she was traveling to. However, the money was never claimed, and Frida has not been seen or heard from since. The case of Ashley Loring Heavy Runner who was 20 years old in 2017 when she disappeared from the Blackfeet Indian Reservation in Montana. Ashley was last seen running from a vehicle in a desolate area on U.S. Highway 89 on the night she disappeared. Ashley has not been seen or heard from since, and the only information her family has is the tattered clothing they found in the area she was last seen. Or the case of Casey Michelle Ross, a 34-year-old woman from the Clore Delane tribe in Idaho who went missing in March of 2020. She is still listed as an endangered missing person, and few details are known about her disappearance. And finally, the case of Elsie Littlelight, a Crow woman who was struck by a vehicle on December 9, 2022, in a hit and run on the Crow Agency Reservation in Montana. Elsie was walking along Interstate 90 when she was struck and killed. Her family reports that once they were notified, they traveled to the scene of where she was hit and could see tire marks, car paint chippings, and the place where Elsie's body laid. No arrests have been made in her case, and to date there has been no news coverage of this incident. A family member of Elsie's asked the question, what time did she die? Where did she die? Was there an EMT on scene? Where is the car? Are there any suspects? Questions that deserve answers. Questions that no family member should have to be asking on social media. It was said that Elsie was hit and hauled off with no explanation, as if she were a deer on the side of the road. This case happened one week ago, and Elsie's killer is still out there, and there have been minimal efforts to solve her murder. So I say all this to say, the terrible reality for many families of the MMIW is that their loved ones are not deemed important enough to garner nationwide attention, despite the injustices that they have faced. Many of these cases are still unsolved, killers still out there roaming in society, Mothers, daughters, sisters, lost and forgotten. Like Shiashi has stated, we are barely covering the surface of bringing attention to the epidemic that is MMIW. We are trying our best to do our part by saying the names of the MMIW victims that we learn about. However, what will it take for our society to deem these people just as important as all other high-profile cases we see on the news every day? I will end this by saying that we are advocates for justice, but we would like to see justice for all. Thank you for listening to We Are Resilient. For links to information found for this episode, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at We Are Resilient Podcast. Send us an email at weareresilientpod at gmail.com or visit us at www.war-podcast.com.